0: Log Talk Radio. Love, talk, radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clutch. This is Marianne Russo. Um, on um air with me tonight is Mae Wilkinson, and she will be helping out with the interview. Um, Chuck Wally is off the mic tonight. He is on our Twitter tweet chat. If you would like to interact with others while you listen to the interview, the hashtag is um hashtag TCK. And tonight I am absolutely thrilled to bring you Dr. Barry Sears. Um, Dr. Sears is recognized as an international authority on the hormonal effects of food, and his books on dietary um, hormonal control have sold over 5 million copies. Um, He continues his research into dietary control of inflammation through his nonprofit Inflammation Research Foundation, and he is going to dispel all the myths, explain why everything we try does not help us lose weight, and uh, more importantly, he's really going to explain to us Um, you know, how very um, simple life changes and eating changes can change our health and change our anxiety levels, which we know are very high in the special needs community. So welcome, Dr. Barry Sears. Thank you for joining us.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: Um, I should have had this before bathing suit season. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, You know, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and the research that you've done that's gone into the Zone Diet. And the Zone Diet is huge. I mean, this is, it, you know, it's a national um, you know, diet that everybody that's tried it is just thrilled with.
1: Well, people think of the Zone Diet as a weight loss program, but that had nothing to do with its development. Its development was really to treat heart disease and diabetes. And the reason why, because everyone in my family died prematurely of heart disease in their early 50s. My father died in his early 50s, and he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. All his brothers died in their early 50s, as did my grandfather. So I knew I had, some 30 years ago, the same genes that would predispose me to an early death from heart disease. I knew I couldn't change those genes, but somehow I could change the expression of those genes, and that led me to develop the zone diet.
0: Well, you know, how much of a role does genetics play in obesity and, or weight gain? Um, you know, do genetics dictate the ability to lose weight or keep it off?
1: They will basically, uh, about 70% of your uh, likelihood of gaining weight will be genetically determined. That doesn't mean that basically if you have parents who are overweight that you're doomed to that same format, but it says you have a greater genetic propensity, which means you have to work harder to really eliminate the root cause that activates those genes to basically cause you to gain weight and keep it on.
0: Well, you know, you mention in the book um, that you um, pretty much compare it to cancer. And after reading the book and, um, you know, really looking into this, this, um, and I don't even like to call it a diet. It's almost like just, a, you know, a lifestyle health change. Um, you know, it, it seemed to me that it's almost like um, certain foods trigger the genes.
1: Well, that's true. It's not the certain foods per se, but combinations of foods that will basically trigger inflammation in your body. Not the type you can feel, but the type that's below the perception of pain. Now, I call this cellular inflammation, but you might think about it as silent pain. But this type of inflammation, what it does, it distorts all the hormonal signaling mechanisms in the body. Think if you have a cell phone. And what happens when that cell phone network goes down? Your life's a mess. That's exactly what happens as those levels of cellular inflammation begin to rise in your body. And it's that inflammation that's really the underlying cause of our obesity crisis. And so unless you put out that fire, you're never going to solve the problem that basically is escalating at a massive rate throughout our country.
0: And, and is this universal, like the foods that you suggest in the book and the combinations of foods, that would work for everyone? Because I know there are some types of um, um weight loss and, you know, diet plans where they say, you know, somebody's an A, somebody's a B, somebody's a C. Is this universal for everybody?
1: It really is because okay. genetically uh, we are all about the same, uh, especially when it comes to how we, uh, you know, sense of food. And so what's happened in the last 40 years is the, there's been a combination of ingredients, primarily two. One has been refined carbohydrates that you find in junk food or pizza or pasta or any processed foods and also omega-6 fatty acids. These were a very recent addition to the the human diet. And when you mix refined carbohydrates that increase the hormone insulin with omega-6 fatty acids, you increase the levels of this cellular inflammation. Now, it started here first in America because the center of production of omega-6 fatty acids is central Illinois. But after we saturated our own domestic uh, population, we've been exporting this worldwide and that's why you're seeing obesity grow epidemically throughout the world in places that would never before had any traces of obesity.
0: So let me see if I understand what you just said, because I'm not sure if, if I got that. So the addition of the omega sixes with carbs actually creates more of a problem.
1: Exactly. What happens when those two mix? They form another fatty acid in the body. The body, the, it's called arachidonic acid. Now, this arachidonic acid is the building block of all the inflammatory hormones that cause the distortion of our hormonal signaling networks. And as the levels of arachidonic acid, or I might call it, call it even toxic fat, begins to rise, so do the levels of our health problems. And the first sign that arachidonic acid is rising in your body is increased accumulation of body fat.
0: Wow. So, you know, all of us that have been taking you know our omegas and eating our carbs really are uh, doing the wrong thing. So let's go back to, why don't you tell us first what is toxic fat?
1: Well, toxic fat is just a simple way of saying arachidonic acid. The body needs some arachidonic acid, but too much basically causes inflammation. And it's inflammation that makes us fat, it's inflammation that makes us sick. It's inflammation that makes us dumb. And it's inflammation that basically accelerates the aging process. So if you want to basically eliminate those four things from your, your life, try to reduce the levels of inflammation in your body.
0: Okay. And, you know, you, you say that, um, you know, some extra body fat is good for you. So it's not that all fat is bad. It's this particular type of fat that creates the inflammation, correct?
1: Exactly. Surprisingly, one-third of Americans who are obese are, by any other clinical standard, incredibly healthy. What they have, they have what I call good fat. They have fat cells that do what fats, healthy fat cells should be doing. They pull toxic fat out of the bloodstream so it can't infect other organs and buries it, simply, almost like burying toxic waste. So even though you're getting fatter the toxic fats being removed from the bloodstream so it can affect other organs. Now, at some point in time, those healthy fat cells, they start to get sick. And when they do, they start to release that toxic fat back into the bloodstream and now it metastasizes to other organs. It could go to the liver, could go to the heart, the pancreas, or the brain. But in any one of those cases, as you increase inflammation, then you're going to get the diseases which we know are to be inflammatory. Cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and neurological disorders like Alzheimer's.
0: Right. Right. And for our our children, you know, most, um, you know, our audience is special needs children. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of the parents as well as the children have a lot of hormonal issues.
1: Well, they they, they really do. And that's why that we find uh, we've done studies, uh, one group particularly, well, actually two, bipolar depression, and children with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And what you find in both groups of of children is that their levels of the corresponding other form of fatty acids, called omega-3 fatty acids, Mm -hmm. are incredibly low. It's the omega-6 fatty acids that cause inflammation. It's the omega-3 fatty acids that reverse inflammation. And if those two are out of balance, then you're going to have a lot of neural inflammation giving rise to basically... Uh, conditions that are seemingly intractable, but once you basically begin to rebalance the levels of omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids in the organ of interest, all of a sudden the quality of life for that uh, child is dramatically enhanced.
0: Right, and you know we hear that all the time, but um, you know I think what parents have to understand is that you have to be very careful in what you pick because you know the omega-6s also can um, exacerbate. The mood and now I mean that 's why when I was reading about your um, your diet plan, it made so much sense um, because you know I see it all the time where they 'll use flax or they 'll use omegas, and the kids actually have worse behaviors so you know can you explain the differences in the ratios
1: Well again, when we talk about omega three fatty acids, there's two types there 's the short change types, the things like the flaxseed oils, which really don 't do much. But it's, yeah. it's the long-chain omega-3 fatty acids you find in fish and fish oils that have all the power to basically reverse many of these uh, inflammatory changes. Now, if you have uh, a child who has a, a condition that is strongly associated with decreased levels of omega-3 fatty acids, then you hit yourself with a 2 by 4 saying, I got it. If I increase the levels of omega-3 fatty acids in their diet, I should see a significant benefit. And that's exactly what you see in just about every published study if you give a therapeutic dosage of these omega-3 fatty acids.
0: Right, and they have some good ones that just came out. I'm not going to mention the names because I haven't tried them and I haven't heard back, but I'm actually in the process of getting a lot of information about them. But they have some um, coming out for kids, actually, um, that seem to have a great ratio. But, um, you know, I speak all the time to parents about, Um, the hormonal effect. And I talk to them often about cortisol because it's so important to understand how the body reacts to stress. And special needs parents, there was a a study that was done that say that uh, parents who are raising children with special needs have cortisol levels equivalent or higher to those of war veterans. And you know, I would really, I really wanted you to come on because I wanted you to be able to explain um, how these high cortisol levels will also affect weight gain.
1: Well, again, cortisol is you know uh, our our body is actually our body's natural anti-inflammatory drug. Uh, surprise, we think of cortisol being a stress hormone. In right. many ways, it's an anti-stress hormone. It's putting out inflammation. Now, one that unfortunately has a lot of collateral damage that as, the, as you basically have this continual inflammation, the body is trying to pump out the cortisol. What happens is you get now insulin resistance that causes you to gain weight. It also basically depresses the immune system, makes you more likely to get sick, and basically causes the memory to be lost at a far greater rate. It makes you dumber. So this is true of any caregiver, uh, whether it be a, a parent who has a special needs child or a, a child who's caring for an Alzheimer's parent. They both have very high levels of stress because they're really under a constant inflammatory attack. So the need for the child or need for the basically the caregiving doesn't change. But what you can do as a caregiver is say you can protect yourself from the uh, the really the, the ongoing stress of this constant care by doing exactly what the child or the parent with the Alzheimer's should be doing is increasing levels of omega-6 fatty acids Reducing the consumption of refined carbohydrates and eating lots of fruits and vegetables. And it sounds pretty simple, but what's happening in your body is some very, very complex endocrinology that allows you to reestablish hormonal equilibrium.
0: Right, and you know, I think that's one of the problems that, that, um, parents have is that with the demanding schedules, um, you know, that a lot of parents are homeschooling, they're every day taking kids to different types of therapies and doctor appointments that, you know, we often tend to eat on the run and we eat a lot of fast food. So how can we break this cycle? Um, what foods should we be eating and shouldn't we be eating? And, um, you know, it, it also if you would explain to us how this, um, this eating program that you have is different. You know, why people are able to keep the weight off.
1: Well, keeping weight off is uh, actually losing weight is pretty easy. Keeping right. the weight off, that's the hard part. Anybody can lose weight. You can cut off your left arm and lose 15 pounds. It's not a good long-term weight loss strategy, but it can be done. So the whole key is saying if my, the reason I'm gaining weight is because my fat cells are inflamed, I've got to put out the fire in the fat. And here's, all, here's how you do it and how you keep the fire out for a lifetime. Because all you need is one hand and one eye. And this is all the rules you need. At every meal, you take your plate and divide it into three equal sections. On one third of the plate, you put some low fat protein that's no bigger or thicker than the palm of your hand. And the other two thirds of the plate, you fill it until it's overflowing with colorful carbohydrates. What are these? They're called fruits and vegetables. And finally, you need to add a dash of fat. What's a dash? A small amount, but it has to be a heart healthy fat, which means it's really low in omega 6 fatty acids. Which fats would basically give rise to that? Well, these would be things like olive oil, slivered almonds, or even guacamole. And once you have that, if you've done that, balance that plate correctly for the next five hours you'll be in that hormonal zone that's not too high but not too low where your hormones are working in concert. The communication system is working at peak efficiency. The only secret is to try to do that best you can every five hours for the rest of your life.
0: Okay, so instead of eating three meals a day, you would eat every five hours.
1: Well, and then here here would be a typical meal schedule. Uh, the most important meal for the day for anyone is breakfast, So within an hour after waking, make sure you have a breakfast and make sure you bring your hand with you so you can kind of balance that plate out. If you eat breakfast at 7, it says eat lunch no later than 12. And if you eat lunch at 12, most Americans eat dinner about 7 o'clock at night. That's more than five hours. So at 5 o'clock, have a small hormonal touch-up. And before you go to bed, even though you're sleeping, your brain isn't, you do another small hormonal touch-up. They see it through the night, so you're ready to start the next morning again on a fresh slate to basically start a new hormonal day.
0: And you know, one of the things um, that people like about this diet is they say they're not hungry.
1: That's and that's and that's the secret of weight loss. It's not right. a willpower. It's basically it's lack of hunger. What? Why are we gaining weight? Because the of the subtle balancing of hunger and satiety signals in the brain have become unbalanced with its increasing levels of cellular inflammation. And the whole key for weight uh, loss and weight maintenance is to rebalance those signals, which means you have to reduce the levels of inflammation. So the zone diet is not a weight loss diet, but it is an anti-inflammation diet. But by by reducing the inflammation, you now basically make your hormonal systems work in greater harmony, and with that comes greater homeostasis or equilibrium. Life becomes a lot easier.
0: Right. And, you know, when you know, I always say when you look good, you feel good. So even though this is, you know, really it's, it's a healthy life choice and you will be healthier in a lot of ways, um, you know, keeping the weight off is really, you know, most people can lose the weight. I mean, I can lose 10 pounds, but, you know, within a, a month or two, it comes back on. So, um, you know, that's really the key, and the key is not to be hungry. Are there certain foods that you recommend um, that people eat together? Because you said it's the combinations of foods.
1: Well, it's the combinations. There's been a, you know, in the the trouble of diet, uh, it falls in the the same category of politics and religion. Everybody's an expert. Uh, And so that, you know, because everybody eats at least three times a day. So we have to step back and say, let's look at some of the science. So we see some really ridiculous things saying, eat this, don't eat that, they they don't mix together. You have to be eating, uh, it's like fueling your car. You know, you basically can't run your car all on gas. You can't run it all on air. You need some combination to get the mileage from, you know, trip to trip to the gas station. The same is true of your body. You need the same balance of protein, carbohydrate, and fat the best you can every time you eat to maintain that hormonal zone, so you get the best hormonal mileage. So, again, if you go back to doing the things that, um, and your grandmother gave you all the rules. She she said, you know, four things. Eat small meals throughout the day. Well, you can eat small meals if you're never hungry. She also Mm -hmm. said, have some protein at every meal. How much? The amount you can fit on the palm of your hand. It's not that much, but you have to have some protein because protein releases the hormones that give rise to satiety. Next thing your grandmother said, she said you can't leave the table until you eat all your vegetables. She didn't say you can't leave the table until you eat all your mashed potatoes or all your whole grain muffins. Because, well, I, again, I consider
0: that mashed potato a vegetable.
1: <laughs> but 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 uh, getting people to eat vegetables because it's hard to overconsume vegetables. Right. It's very easy to overconsume grains and starches. And the last thing your grandmother told your parents, you can't leave the house until you have your tablespoon of cod liver oil. Probably the world's most disgusting food, but very rich in omega-3 fatty acids.
0: Right. And, you know, everybody just seemed to be a lot healthier, seemed to be a lot less... um... Um, You know, children having learning disabilities and ADD and a lot of other things. Exactly,
1: and that's why today we're beating ourselves up saying, well, you know, uh, bad parenting. The parenting isn't bad. What has changed is really the hormonal environment the child's being put into. Absolutely. And if they have a genetic phenotype that can be exposed, that is being exposed by inflammation, it will be. And that's why that you know it's it's amazing with many children learning disabilities. Once you basically go back and reduce the inflammation, all of a sudden, basically the problem uh, evaporates to a great extent.
0: Right, it becomes much more more manageable. You know, I I advocate for parents whenever they have a child with behavioral disorders to go out and get get a really comprehensive endocrine workup because um you know the the hormones are so affected and the the hormones can create behaviors that will look like mental illness and the medications that you give the child for the mental illness um you know because you have to have give the the child a quality of life oftentimes even make the um hormones more out of range
1: Oh exactly and and that's why especially any anytime you basically have a special needs child, especially one who has a neurological problem, the medications of you know basically cause just complete havoc that's why that in uh, you know children with them of uh, you know you know schizophrenia you know what's the number one thing that happens with them when they get their medications? They balloon up like Porky pig within a matter of weeks.
0: Well, a lot of our children do put on tremendous weight, and a lot of that children are on antidepressants um, and a lot of other medications. I mean, the children with ADHD, a lot of them are on stimulants, so you know they, they have the opposite problem, but still it creates problems with their hormones. But um, a lot of the, our children have gained a tremendous amount of weight, and it is weight that is very difficult to lose. So would this diet plan that you have help them as well?
1: Oh, most definitely. And uh, maybe he, even
0: help reduce the medications.
1: Well, exactly. And that's why we the studies we published in terms of ADHD, We one study we published, we took children who were already on their optimal dose of medications and then put them on high-dose fish oil. Uh, and we could bring down their levels of cellular information what they can measure in the blood. And as that dropped down, you see a dramatic improvement in their behavior over and above that of the drug itself.
0: Okay. And you know, with the with so much of these kids that have, I mean, with early puberty, um, with polycystic ovarian syndrome, really epidemic and very, you don't hear about it much, but it's affecting a lot of these girls and creating a lot of depression, anxiety disorders. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry, I just lost my thought there for a second. Um, oh, what what do you think it is environmentally? that is causing these problems in these kids? Because you said, back when our grandmothers you know, were feeding our parents and making them eat their vegetables and take their cod liver oil, um, we didn't see so much of this. So what is it in our diet that's causing a lot of problems for our kids?
1: Well, first of all, the, uh, the amount of omega-3 fatty acids, especially that you'll see you find in a tablespoon of cod liver oil,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: um, the average American consumption is about 5% of that, that compared to about 50 years ago. That's a pretty large drop, a 95% drop. Right. Second of all, the amount of omega-6 fatty acids have exponentially increased in our diet. They are now the cheapest form of calories known to mankind. And of, you also basically you mentioned something before, I think, time compression. We've run out of time to make food. And so we're using more and more processed foods, which means more and more refined carbohydrates, and that will increase the levels of insulin. Uh, going back to early weight gain and the uh, increase of uh, polycystic ovary syndrome, these are both conditions caused by hyperinsulinemia, excess insulin levels. Yes. So let's take a step even back. It gets even scarier during the fetus. Now, basically, we now know much of obesity begins in the in the womb. That if the mother is eating an inflammatory diet, she will leave an imprint on the genes of the fetus that makes the fetus now much more genetically of likely or of most to express the, um, the phenotypes of obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. So, what we're basically seeing in many ways is that our, in, from one generation to the next, we are basically not only transmitting obesity but amplifying obesity by basically changes uh, taking place in the womb in response to the diet the mother is eating.
0: Right, absolutely. And you know, a um, you know, that's something I looked into also, you know, for my child. And, you know, the, the prenatal stress also. You know, it, prenatally, these children are predisposed to so many of these problems, and it's not just genetics.
1: No, um, no it's, it's what, what they actually call epigenetics.
0: Ac- uh, and, ac- exactly. Uh,
1: and, and this is how basically the genetic code doesn't change, but how the genetic code is expressed can change, and that can be changed very remarkably during the the, uh, the prenatal and postnatal period for the young child.
0: Right, right. And, um, you know, and it really, I I think that if they took more widespread um, analysis, blood analysis of uh, very young children, they would see these hormonal differences, uh, you know, at very young ages that, you know, just should not be. Um, I'm getting some questions on the chat. Um, People would like to know which omega you recommend.
1: Well, obviously when we talk about omegas, we're talking about omega-3 fatty acids, and especially omega-3 fatty acids rich in one particular one called EPA, that's e pentanoic acid. Mm-hmm. Now, now the trouble with of these omega-3 fatty acids, they're found usually only in fish and fish oils. Now, here lies the problem. Every fish on the face of the earth is now contaminated, contaminated things we've thrown into the environment in the last two generations, things like mercury, PCBs, deoxanes, uh, flame retardants, you name it, it's found in the fish. And when you eat the fish, those retardants basically get into the uh, the tissues, and they cause havoc themselves. And how you use fish oils? And I go to a health food store or the supermarket. What you're often buying is the the encapsulated sewer of the sea. You're getting you're getting you're getting the uh, fish oil, but it's still chock full of these PCBs, which are known neurotoxins. They are known carcinogens, and they are known hormonal disruptors. So now you have to look. Now saying, if I want to have fish oil, I want to make sure it's pure fish oil.
2: Right.
1: Well, unless you have a half million dollars of testing equipment in your kitchen, you're kind of guessing. So here's some good rules of thumb: if fish oil is pure or not, if it has cholesterol on the back of the label, it's not pure. That that rules out about ninety percent of all fish oil products you might buy.
2: Okay.
1: If the amount of omega three fatty acids is less than thirty percent, it's not pure.
0: Okay.
1: And again now now for the last aspect, the levels of PCBs, that's kind of a guessing game. But here's a good rule of thumb. Basically take a fish oil product, take it out of a capsule, and put maybe four or five of the uh, capsules of the fish oil the capsules into a, a shot glass. Put the shot glass in the freezer and come back about five hours later with a toothpick. If you can't put the toothpick through the fish oil, it's also probably not pure.
0: Oh, great. Okay.
1: So th- this is a way you can basically screen fish oil. And then the question is, how much do I give my child? Well, this is a case that you don't want to guess. You want to test. Right. This you talked about earlier saying you test for hormonal uh, uh, deficiencies or of, you know, uh, excesses. You also want to test for the levels of cellular inflammation. Now, it's not a standard test, but it's one that we've been using in our laboratory for about a decade and is used in a lot of research applications, and I think it's become more widespread. But it's a ratio of two fatty acids in the bloodstream. One is that toxic fat called arachidonic acid, and the other is the EPA. The lower the levels of that uh, ratio, the healthier the child will be. The higher the ratio, uh, the child's future is fairly bleak.
0: Really? Okay. Now, from now
1: let's take depression. Uh, you know, Americans are pretty depressed, and our our levels in adults are in the range of about let's say thirty. Now, when you look at people who have, of, you know, bipolar depression, their ranges are like one hundred to two hundred. On the other extreme, if you look at the Japanese population, who are the biggest consum- consumers of fish in the world and have the lowest rates of depression their ratio is about between one and two.
0: Right. And so right. As,
1: as as that level, as the ratio gets higher and higher, it just means you're more and more inflamed and more likely to turn on ancient genes that basically expose phenotypes uh, that have been really wraps for literally thousands of years until this recent change in our diet in the last 50 years in America.
0: Now, a lot of the... Um omegas come with a combination with the EPA, DHA?
1: Yes. Now, now those are two omega-3 fatty acids. The EPA is primarily your primary anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acid. The DHA is your primary structural fatty acid. And So you need both of them. That's why you can't just do one without the other. But to do one to the exclusion of the other is doing yourself a great disservice. And that's why oftentimes with children who have uh, neurological disorders, they're told simply take only DHA because you find a lot of DHA in the brain and very little EPA. And that's the worst thing that can happen to The them. worst, right. So you want to basically make sure if the fish oil, it has a good combination of both EPA and DHA and meet those other criteria we talked about earlier.
0: Right, and you know, I had also heard that the EPA should be higher. I think, if um, Chuck, you're online. I don't know if you remember it when Dr. Henslin was on, um, that we discussed um, the ratios and the importance. Um, I also wanted to um, ask how this would affect us. We have a huge uh, population of parents with children with autism.
1: Well, the data on autism is interesting. It's, um you know, we know we know that the levels of omega-3 fatty acids in autistic children is very very low which would beg the question, why not just supplement their diet with omega-3 fatty acids? And the, the limited number of studies out there do indicate a, a significant benefit, but, again, only if you give a therapeutic dosage. I can speak to another population that's not quite as severe, and that's the ADHD. We have done a lot of work and published here. But the amount you have to give these children is about 10 to 15 grams a day of omega-3 fatty acids. That's a lot. It's a lot. And that's why you had to have pure oil. And so, but uh, but if you're not going to give a therapeutic dosage, then basically you're not going to get enough to really reduce the neural inflammation to have a really significant impact on their ability to control their uh, attention. And the reason why fish oil does this so effectively, it basically increases the production of dopamine and dopamine receptors in the brain. And that's exactly what the drugs of such as Ritalin and Concerta do, mm-hmm. they're basically amphetamines that basically bind to the dopamine receptors because there's not enough dopamine around there to do that. But the fish oil can increase that, and therefore saying, wait a minute, if the fish oil is doing this, I probably don't need as much of the Ritalin or the Concerta to basically help the child manage their attention deficit.
0: So now if this affects dopamine, wouldn't that, this be something very helpful for kids with Tourette's?
1: Exactly. Uh, in right. fact, you know, when, you, when you go through all of you know, neurological disorders, mm-hmm. there's not one that I've seen that there is not either strong suggestion or published research that says if you give a therapeutic dosage, there's a significant improvement in the condition for the child.
0: And you know, I was just thinking about when you were talking about um, testing the capsules, um, the gel caps, by putting the toothpick. You know, I freeze our Omegas because it doesn't seem to bother you, my stomach. When it's frozen, is that harming it at
2: all?
1: If in the capsule, it might, because the the, the gelatin capsule has its optimal integrity between 59 degrees and and 75 degrees. Okay. So when you freeze it, it can actually break uh, or break the the structure so the air can actually get into the capsule.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. I guess I'm just going to have to have my
1: stomach hurt. Um, Well, no, no. If you have good quality oil, something shouldn't hurt
0: okay well i'm definitely going to be doing my homework now i'll tell you that um i I want to go into your specific um program that you have now and i you know i'd like people to go to your website and um you really you know you give um meals and you give recipes and um you know what i really loved about it is that you have counselors because to go back to what i was saying when we started is that the motivation and you know Oh, I'm half making excuse. I was gonna say I'm not making an excuse, but I am a little bit making an excuse. It's it's difficult for parents that um, are under this type of pressure all the time um, to be motivated and to make this a priority. So um, tell us about um, your program. Um, how a parent a person would start on it, and about your counselors that you know really motivate and help people stay on track.
1: Well, you're quite right. You know, you have to have motivation and support. Uh, you know, this is why Olympic athletes have coaches. <laughs> the Olympic athlete is genetically gifted. Uh, they have uh, you know, great work ethics, but the coach tells them how to basically make the small changes. And the same is true of diet. And, and that's why that every one of our customers, we assign them their own personal zone coach that's gone through a very rigorous training in terms of anti-inflammatory nutrition to be there to be almost like the nutritional concierge, to basically say because everybody's situation is slightly different. One size doesn't fit all. So they're there to basically uh, be, act as a continual resource and reinforcement to say, okay, I'm having a little problem here. How do I adjust? It's like uh, basically your, your car engine isn't running right, quite right. Do you throw the car away and buy a new car? No. You take it in the garage, and hopefully the, the uh, mechanic will adjust it. That's what you're looking. Find the adjustments based on the foods you will eat that allow you to basically get the greatest hormonal cluck for the buck. And that's why we think it is a a key component of our program, because without that support an ongoing support, and really personal support uh basically this type of long term of you know you know turning your life around is a lot more difficult than it has
0: to be right and and i I don't even want to ask but I assume that all carbs have to go
1: no on the contrary see here's yeah. one of the great <laughs> the, the one of the great problems that that people think of see the Think of carbs saying, well, that's, you know, uh, bread and pasta. Well, it's also fruits and vegetables. Those are also carbs. So what you do, you're basically looking to start reducing the amount of carbs coming from grains and starches and start increasing the carbs that come from fruits and vegetables.
0: You know, and I think that's why a lot of the diets fail for me because, you know, I, I, I could care less if I ever eat pasta I and mean, I don't really like it. But I I can't give up my bread. I actually get a headache if I don't eat carbs for a while, if I don't eat some type of bread. Um, but, you know, this is something that you gradually transfer vegetables and fruits for the Well,
1: grain. gradually, but, yeah but, you know, but, you know the, again, people hate to use the word gradual. You know, gradual is usually about 15 minutes or less. And so uh, about five years ago, uh, I realized that after telling people for, you know, something like 20 years what they should eat, I said perhaps it's more productive if I ask them what they like to eat. And what do most people like to eat? Good question. Well, bread, pizza, and pasta. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now, you say, say, I don't like like pasta, but you like bread. Love bread. Okay, so that's not going to change. So if you can't bring Muhammad to the mountain, we'll bring the mountain to Muhammad. So okay. what we set out five years ago was to invent a whole new baking technology that could take many of the carbohydrates out of bread products and replace them with protein. So you get a totally different hormonal response and, more importantly, a dramatic increase in satiety. Now, these products are not meant to be used for the rest of your life, but as transitions, as trainer wheels, to get to the point saying, oh, I'm eating this bread and I'm not feeling hungry. What happens when you eat a, a couple of pieces of bread of Two hours later you're hungry again, and so what what you're looking to do is say, "Okay, can I basically take another form of bread I'll uh, call it zone bread for the lack of a better word that basically looks and tastes like I'm accustomed to, but now basically gives rise to satiety as opposed to hunger and now you're, you're trying to train the person to say, okay, now let's start basically weaning off this and eating more fruits and vegetables, but at least you know what the lack of hunger." Feels like, and this right, is Right, and that's you,
0: really, key. That's
1: if really key. If you if you can't experience what lack of hunger feels like, you can't explain it. It's like trying to tell a child what it feels like to ride a bicycle. It's just you you're totally inarticulate to explain the freedom the child has once they learn how to balance those wheels. Right. And that's why the, these products now, in concert with the Zone coaches, makes it much easier. We believe for people to basically change their dietary mm-hmm. habits. And say, I have it. I have, I I can't change my genes. They are what they are. But I can change their expression, and that's a powerful statement. Because now we elevate diet to a higher level of gene therapy. Don't like the genes you're born with? That's okay. Simply change their expressions by eating your way around them.
0: And where do we we get your products? Because the Zone has its own products. You have um, you have. Um... Snack bars and like you were just saying, you know, other things. So, um, where can where do we go to find out uh, well, what's they're, in them? They're only, they're,
1: they're only found on Zonediet.com.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to be ordering that's for sure. And do you also sell um, omegas and um, yeah? We, we didn't go into, but um, I wanted to talk about the antioxidants because that's key. Well, well, to well your
1: when we talk about antioxidants, people think, well, that's vitamin E and vitamin C. It turns yeah. out those are not very useful. What the most important antioxidants are in your diet are called polyphenols. Right. And what are polyphenols? They are the chemicals that give fruits and vegetables their color. But in high concentrations, they're also powerful anti-inflammatory agents. So, that by eating lots of fruits and vegetables, de facto you're getting lots of polyphenols. So that, you know, what you're looking for, I'm looking for a program that has the right balance of protein, carbohydrate, and fat, using the foods I like to eat, coupled with the right amount of omega-3 fatty acids, coupled with the right amount of polyphenols, so all of a sudden, I'm playing this game with greater panache. And that's what it is. It's a game. It's a game that your life depends on, but it's controlled not by drugs, but controlled by the food you eat. And once you basically understand that, the power of food to change our hormones the power of food, to change the expression of our genes, then you realize that food is the most powerful drug you'll ever come in contact with and you want to treat it with the same respect you would treat any prescription drug.
0: And, you know, when I go to um, my, when I bring my children to the endocrinologist, she tells me my children are an endocrinologist's dream. Not something that a mother wants to hear. Um, so I am absolutely going to be starting the whole family on this and, and seeing what changes. And I think that people, when they hear inflammation, they think of arthritis. They think of joint disease. That's not the inflammation you're talking about. Just so, no. I just want you to, uh, yes. to be and, really and specific that, on that.
1: And that's why there's two types of inflammation. There's the classical type you described, the type that hurts. And that's why I see a doctor. The second type is the type that's below the perception of pain, but this is the type that kills, and that's the difference from the 20th, Because this type of cellular inflammation, since there is no pain, it can linger for years, if not decades, until there's enough in, in organ damage. We call it chronic disease. Could right. be diabetes, could be heart disease, could be cancer, could be Alzheimer's, but they started many decades earlier with increased levels of the cellular inflammation.
0: And, you know, I was thinking that, too. I mean, autism is, you know, the, the rise. I mean, mental illness in children, I mean, anxiety in children and teens, it's it's epidemic. It really is. I mean, I I, I don't care people say it's not epidemic, it's better diagnostic tools. Something's going on. Oh, no, um, there,
1: there, there's no question. There's no about I, I agree
0: about
1: 100%. And I think a lot of that was, in, especially in the neurological problems, we're basically seeing this basically in the diet of the mother, and really of, you know, the diet, the fetus it's being exposed to. They've done some wonderful animal studies that you can take omega-3 fatty acids out of the diet. And for the first generation, the offspring, you know, seem reasonable. They're not too dumb. The second generation, they're not all that smart, but they're not, you know, a mess. By the third generation, they are hopeless. And this is what we've done. in the last, We're now in the third generation of children who are not, have not been seeing large amounts of omega-3 fatty acids. And the day the parents stopped giving their children fish oils may have been the greatest public health care disaster in the 20th century that is reverberating now in the 21st century.
0: And, you know, I have friends that had started using it Years ago um, There was a doctor here um, locally where I live And um, he was a holistic doctor And um, you know if, if you tried to have chronic ear infections Or whatever the case may be ADHD, I mean whatever It could have been anything um, He really, really, really looked into the body And no matter what it was He made the parents give the kids cod liver oil And I'm telling you These parents have told me They never got ear infections anymore They didn't have sinus infections anymore I mean, it really is. I mean, I don't know why people stopped using it. But um, we
1: because it didn't taste good. And there's a case right. of basically a lack of tough love.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. It's true. And you know, it's 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 the um you know, the the instant gratification uh, generation that we were and are continuing to raise. Um, I'm gonna ask May in a few minutes if she has, in a minute if she has any questions. But I, I had I was just curious. Sure. Does this also play a role in um the rise in Alzheimer's, do you think?
1: Oh, there's no question. Uh, there, there's two things that are driving Alzheimer's. First of all, Alzheimer's is a a neuroinflammatory disease. Uh, anti-inflammatory drugs can't pass the blood-brain barrier, so they have no impact on Alzheimer's. But as far as the blood-brain barrier, omega-3 fatty acids they're not impeded whatsoever. And we've run studies uh, in animal studies that have shown that if you give you know of high levels of omega-3 fatty acids, you can stop the you know the progression of these uh, you know, various amyloid plaques. So it's basically it's getting the anti-inflammatory nutrients into the brain that is your best test. The other thing that drives Alzheimer's turns out to be diabetes.
0: Uh, In I fact just say that, yeah.
1: Many people are now describing Alzheimer's as diabetes type 3.
0: Mm-hmm. And, oh. and the
1: reason why they're connected is because both uh, diabetes and Alzheimer's are both inflammatory diseases. So as we see our epidemic taking place in terms of of type 2 diabetes, right behind it will be another epidemic growing just as rapidly of Alzheimer's.
0: Absolutely. I just saw that, and I see that um, we have diabetes in my family. And, um, you know, when I just hear the word, when I go to the doctor, it's the only number I care about. Like my cholesterol could be 600. I don't care. It's that sugar um, because I've seen it. I've seen how um, you know, the people in my family that have had diabetes went on to have very, very severe Alzheimer's. Um, and those that didn't, didn't.
1: well <laughs> you know? and, and, and here's a case. The apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. Right. And so, so if I have a family history, then saying that could also be my history, and most likely it will be, but I can change that history if I'm willing to treat food like a drug.
2: All right. So, May. I have, incredible, isn't it? It, it? it is, and I've been listening intently because I did take the inflammation test, and my inflammation is off the charts. <laughs> so, and so is my cholesterol, and I've had one brush with diabetes, uh, probably about, or type 2 about six years ago, and all of these things that you're saying, and I exercise, and I just take my vitamins, and I do the very best that I can, but I'm still having these issues with inflammation, and I feel terrible. So, how quickly, once I start on this diet or someone starts on the diet, how quickly do those inflammation numbers start to go down?
1: About 30 days.
2: 30 days. Okay. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> but, um, okay, that's very helpful. And then as what can we say to mothers of children with special needs, who are so sleepless, who are so stressed out, who are ruining their health with worry, and they're not taking care of themselves because we always put ourselves last, right? So, um, and getting our kids to eat anything is is a chore, much less fruits and vegetables and healthy. You, you do what you can. So how can we just tell parents, how do we position this to say, listen, every morning do these three things for yourself. What well, would
1: you uh, them? well I, I would say that the first thing I say, do the l let's, let's start with one thing and that they can do in their time, time schedule that will take only fifteen seconds. Okay. And say perfect. this will make your life so much easier.
2: Okay. You guzzle
1: go. down as much fish oil as you can in fifteen seconds and you call it a day.
2: <laughs> Are you serious? Well, I'm that's dead serious. Enough. All right, well, I'm going to go get the cod liver oil and make you sure me both. It you and me both. And, and,
1: and, and then once you have that, once you basically can, can you know take 15 seconds of your day to do that, then think about doing a few other things that might take 5 to 10 minutes. But don't worry about the 5 or 10 minutes unless you can do the 15 seconds.
2: Now, Dr. Sears, is the cod liver oil, does that have the same rules as the omega-3 capsules? You, you,
1: is, well, is, unfortunately, how- cod liver oil is now the world's most polluted oil known to mankind, uh, because the, the, many of the pollutants that we find uh, weren't there two generations ago when your grandparents gave cod liver oil to uh, their children, but they are now. So, But you can find much more higher purified levels of fish oil that don't have those pollutants. And the, the secret is just trying to get as much as you can in, in 15 seconds and just call it a day. And what you'll see within two weeks that your ability to handle stress will be dramatically improved. The stress won't change, but your ability to handle the stress will
0: change. And, you know, I think that's so important because people have to understand, especially the parents have to understand for themselves and for their children, that anxiety and stress causes a physical response you know i've written about it mental illness it's not all in your head and that's why you know i really so so much wanted you to come on because something as simple as changing your diet and adding the a a pure omega can make such a difference and chuck I am um, just read my mind here because my last question for you tonight was going to be about autoimmune disorders. I consider the majority of these disorders that kids have to be an autoimmune disorder. It's almost their brains are attacking themselves. Well, um, yes,
1: and, and I, I agree on that. And that's what happens when the levels of toxic fat begin to rise.
0: So basically, if we go to um, thezonediet.com and the diets and the... Um, the eating plan that you have is something that the whole family should do
1: exactly actually the, though we even developed for you know we developed a program for treating heart disease and diabetes, we did all of our testing in world class athletes so uh, but between those two extremes, you know diabetic patients and cardiovascular patients and world class athletes, the rest of us fall between those two areas right so it's a it's a diet for good for anybody from age two to hundred and two.
0: Well, I cannot thank you enough for joining us tonight, Dr. Sears. Um, this interview is going to help so many people. Um, you know, it, it, it's not just our population of special needs parents, but, you know, of course they're near and dear to our hearts. Um, so, you know, this is just something that's its so simple. And, you know, I'm also going to get back to you. I'm going to ask our followers to start using um, the Omegas with their kids, and I'll let you know what, um, what they find.
1: Uh, that'd be, you know, again, if, if I had to give a parent only one thing of advice, Trying to get as much omega three fatty acids in your child by using whatever stealth technology you can. <laughs> and can your life, no, can your, you
0: give too much? Uh,
1: you possibly can, but if you if you have a special annealed child, especially one who has a neurological problem,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: almost impossible.
0: Okay, so we don't have to worry about toxicity over over. No, yeah, you, what
1: you, your first sign if you're having too much would be a, a touch of diarrhea.
0: Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us, uh, everybody. It is um, thezonediet.com, dot com, Dr. Barry Sears. dot com. It has a, another website with his information. Um, the New York Times bestselling book, The Zone, and also his um, new book on toxic fat. Uh, this is something everybody should have in their home. I'm telling you, it's it's. Um, there's no family that's without some type of an inflammation type of a disease or disorder, and this can really just, like you said, save your life. So thank you, Dr. Sears. We really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's my, my great pleasure being on your show.
0: Okay. Um, as we end the show each day, you are your child's best advocate. If not you, then who? Become an informed, educated parent here at the Coffee Clash. Thank you to Chuck and May for joining me tonight, and um, we have a great week ahead of you, uh, for you. Uh, Morning Tweet Chats, 9 a.m., and Wednesday and Sundays, 9 p.m. Thank you for joining us.